This is Photo Work. I'm Shannon, and over here is Mylan. Hi. And today we're talking with fashion photographer Dana Pennington. Oh, yeah. Dana's cool. He's an in-house photographer for Boot Barn in L.A. Uh, he gives us some really cool stories of being on set. Uh, he's got things like life and death situations with horses yeah, and sharks. Have, yeah, horses and sharks. So, um, I don't know how you do that, but Dana did that. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> also his keys to success. What else does he talk about? We talk a little bit about the resurgence of film and oh, yeah. just generally how he was able to be successful in the industry. Yeah. So enjoy. What's up, Dana? How's it going, guys? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Super yeah. excited to talk to you. Yeah, awesome. This is going to be fun. I know you have lots of stories. No shortage there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, we'll start with like a way back story. Uh, tell us how you got to be where you are today. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I guess the condensed version is... I had always had a vague interest in photography, like when I was a teenager and stuff like that, but never really took it seriously. And I wound up taking a photography class, mm -hmm. just an art elective in college. And the professor kind of opened my eyes to like what you can do with the camera and like yeah. the pictures can mean something and like be more than just what meets the eye, basically. And I kind of got hooked. Uh, but I was really crappy at art. Like I was like, I don't want to be an art major because then I'm going to have to learn how to draw and paint <laughs> and all this other crap that I have no interest in. So I became a photojournalism major. Oh. So I studied photojournalism and eventually kind of got bored creatively and mm -hmm. wanted to learn about lighting and other things like that. So I just started looking at other types of pictures, kind of found my way to fashion and mm -hmm. here I am. Mm -hmm. where uh, where, sorry, go, yeah. for it, go for it. Where did you start out at? Uh, School-wise? Yeah. Or uh, just where'd you, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Denver. So I went to college in Denver, uh, Metro State in Denver, like downtown Denver. And uh, I actually kind of bounced back and forth between schools, between there and the Art Institute, because I was like, do I want to try this commercial thing? Do I want to stick with photojournalism? And really, I just, when I was in my early 20s, I had very little direction and yep. a very short attention span. Yep. So I just kind of floundered around for a while and then eventually was like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of go all in and try and figure this out on my own and do the freelance thing and eventually moved out here. So I've been in L.A. now for about f almost five years. Mm -hmm. I guess day after Christmas will be five years. Nice. Wow. Yeah. You landed here day after Christmas. Uh, yeah, I, I packed up my stuff on Christmas and then I drove out oh, the yeah. very next morning. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was intense. Well, the road's pretty empty on that drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was basically the only person. Yep. <laughs> crazy enough to be driving through the mountains on the day after Christmas. You're going through the Denver Rockies in winter. Yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> How'd you uh, prep for a move from Denver to L.A.? Um, so when I had lived in Denver, I was periodically taking trips out here mm -hmm. just to, like, do some testing and things like that. So I kind of... I knew the city pretty well, and I had spent some time, a short time, living in Miami. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, like, was starting to figure out the industry and things like that. So I sort of knew what I was getting into, but uh, I basically just, I rented a place on Airbnb for a month, which was, like, this giant warehouse uh, that had a photo studio in it. So I was oh, like, oh, I can, I'll stay there for a month. I have a place to shoot, and I can find a more normal place to live. And I got there, and it's literally, like, a warehouse with 15 <laughs> strangers. It was, it was like a... <laughs> art frat house basically <laughs> um, but i wound up being really fun and i stayed there for two years that's just oh, like hey. cool. <laughs> so like we had we kind of had like our own little in-house production thing and we mm -hmm. shot a bunch of music videos and photography jobs and that kind of like kind of became my foundation here in la for, like, for, cool. for the first two years at least wow we need yeah. to find that airbnb <laughs> it's gone now we got shut down by the city oh. I, could, I could see one <laughs> 
our neighbors didn't like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. it was a good time. That sounds artist frat house. An artist frat house. Yeah. It's Those like, words don't really necessarily go together. <laughs> no, they really don't. It was like if you took an episode of the real world mm-hmm. and replaced all the like broy guys mm-hmm. with like photographers and writers and mm-hmm. videographers. So yeah. That's interesting. Pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Interesting to say the least. <laughs> So how long until, okay, so you got here, you're living in the artist frat house. <laughs> <laughs> how long did you like really see, tell you like your career like really just, just took off? Um, definitely, I would say like that first year or so was super struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I had, I had been out here a lot before, so I had at least had relationships with modeling agencies and stuff like that. So I was able to start testing right away, yeah. but I wasn't like seeing any jobs or anything like that for like the first year. I was just kind of like. I was working part time at a retail job mm-hmm. and like just trying to keep myself supported and things like that, keep a roof over my head and mm-hmm. just like testing on every day off. So it was, I would say it was probably like a year before I started to see any kind of work come in. Mm-hmm. Which that first year was scary. Yeah. yeah, but you made it. More or less. <laughs> <laughs> Did you save up a bunch of money or anything? No, because I'm no. not responsible. <laughs> <laughs> no, by basically, I, I had maybe like a month or two's worth of money saved, and yeah. then I was just like, I'm just going to have to figure it out Did as I leak. go. I mean, that's better than some people. Some people come out here with like $200. That's true. Yeah. I guess I'll take credit for that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I had know. a little there bit of saved. <laughs> <laughs> what, is it, uh, what do you think it takes to, to be successful in this industry? Oh, man. Stubbornness. Like, but in yeah. all seriousness, like, you got to be really persistent. And you got to be able to like take a few punches and kind of keep coming back because I feel like everybody sort of has that fumble moment, mm-hmm. whether it's on a job or a test shoot or or whatever, where you just kind of get gut checked a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to kind of take that and learn from it. And I think that's that's a big thing. It's just being able to like keep on pushing through. Wow, because it's yeah. not easy. Like it, there's definitely going to be some challenges, mm-hmm. especially if you're just starting out. But uh, and that other than that, like just you have to really want it. You gotta have that desire to like make pictures and tell mm-hmm. stories and things like that. Yeah. Drive. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. You got You just like you have to really want it. You mm-hmm. just, it's like gotta be what you live for. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it sounds super cliche, but it's kind of true. Obsession, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. Like you gotta like eat, sleep, breathe. Mm-hmm. Like I want to. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to take pictures and I want to like create something. Which for me was a struggle because I'm not generally very artistic. It's like I have got like one family member who's super artistic and super creative, and the rest of her all just we're all kind of sticks in the mud. Mm-hmm. And so it was hard for me to just like have that just push. And sometimes I kind of had to force myself to like keep shooting, keep trying new things. And when I like had a few rough calls, I had it was like a real like intense moment for me just to step back and be like, wow, that yeah. hurt uh, a lot, and now I'm gonna have to learn from it. Yeah. And keep going. But you do. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. That's inspiring. That's yeah. super inspiring. Because yeah. we can be like really sensitive as art, like, I don't want to say like artist, sensitive artists, but like as maker, craft maker, like as your craft of photographer, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like you're just more sensitive in general. Absolutely. You know? And For to sure. be, have like a failure like on set or on a test yeah. or even after the fact is. Like yeah, you put a lot of yourself into what you do, right. and and when things don't necessarily go perfectly, mm-hmm. it can be kind of like an immediate shock. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit! Like, am I like am I good enough to do this, or am I like just fooling around here? Mm-hmm. But you just gotta like you just gotta take it and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and sucky people. 
will, you will definitely have your, f- you, know. you know, fair share of encounters with crappy people. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in L.A. Yeah. There's a reason why there's a stereotype about L.A. people. Right. Because it's true. <laughs> like, just be prepared for that. Yeah. There's some egos. Yeah, for sure. But there's a lot of transplants here, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, hardly anybody's actually from L.A. Yeah. It's just like when they get here, they get this complex, oh. like, I'm an L.A. person now. And yeah. I have. Like, I it turns them into a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just kind of how it is. <laughs> Especially if you have to deal with, like, actors or anything oh. like that. Like, oh, I'm shooting some C-list actor yeah, that yeah, nobody's yeah. ever heard of, but he thinks mm-hmm. he's the coolest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always, it's the worst. Yeah. So then what made you um, fall in love with fashion? Um, it was, at first it was just from a purely technical standpoint. I was like looking through the girl that I was dating at the time was really into fashion, always had magazines around. I was just kind of like flipping through a board one day in her bedroom, just like Mm -hmm. while she was getting ready or something. I was like, man, like this lighting looks really cool. I have no idea how to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of want to figure this out. And at first she was like, good luck with that. Like, <laughs> have fun. Good luck. And, and I was so like, no, super seriously. supportive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's an expert reason. <laughs> um, but I was like, no, seriously, like, I, I really like the technical part of this. Like, it seemed really cool. It was like cool lighting. And of course, you have beautiful models mm-hmm. in these crazy locations. And that was what ultimately drew me to it in the first place. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it just looked really fancy. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not a fancy person. So it was like, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where I just got my start. It was just like trying to learn lighting because mm-hmm. that was kind of yeah. what I was drawn to, the technical side of it. Uh, do you ever do lighting for um, other photographers? Uh, a bit. Mm-hmm. Not a ton. I don't, I honestly just don't really have too much time to like mm-hmm. assist and stuff like that anymore. But when I first started, I did some assisting and it was a lot of like trying to figure out lighting. And then I just, mm-hmm. you know, I spent countless hours on the internet, and, you know, like mm-hmm. watching every behind, crappy YouTube behind the scenes <laughs> video. Yep. Yeah. You know, several years ago, YouTube wasn't what it is now, mm-hmm. and people weren't vlogging every shoot that they did. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like pausing a behind-the-scenes video from a Vogue shoot to mm-hmm. like try and figure out where that what what is that light, and uh, and then try and like recreate it, you know, on my own. And most of them were miserable failures. <laughs> but you kind of like with those failures, you like start to learn what works and what doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. You kind of figure Keep it out basis. as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Thank God for YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Learn everything on YouTube yep. now. I'm like, why did I ever go to college? Yeah. I spent all that money. This is yeah, free. This is free. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk to you about how do you market yourself here? Oh, God. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's it truly is, like, probably my biggest weakness as, like, a business person is, is like, self-promotion and marketing. You know, I do the whole social media thing, mm-hmm. and I hate social media. Like, I just kind of have to force myself to it like Instagram and, and all of that. Uh, but I've done like some direct marketing, you know, occasionally. Like I sh- for a long time I was shooting a lot of swim stuff, so I would do like a, a swim promo every, you know, every wa- every so often and send those out to prospective clients and just kind of like I would spend hours just not necessarily posting and interacting, but like scouring Instagram for like oh, this this model shot with this swim brand, I'm going to go check them out, like and see who the, yeah. see what they're all about, see where they're located. And a lot of times it's just like, hey, I'm a photographer. Please hire me kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, send them, send them a link to my website or send them, if I could find an address, send them a, like an actual promo, which is kind of like, I think, an antiquated thing to some degree now, unless you're like super high level. Uh, but it's, you know, it's had some success and a lot of failure. But, mm-hmm. you know, you send out 100 promos, if you get one client out of it, then yeah. it's kind of worth it. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. But social media is kind of 
the king of the day. At least mm-hmm. I'm waiting on it to die. I'm not, at least I'm not waiting on social media to die. I'm waiting on Instagram to die. So what do you hate the most about it? Um, I, I think it, to some degree, really devalues mm. the imagery. You know, we kind of get yeah. mm-hmm. have built built this culture of just like swiping past images and not stopping to look at them. Mm-hmm. And I think you know we we spend all this time and effort and money and energy creating what we think are beautiful images. And then we're looking at it on like a, a screen the size of our hand. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of bums me out as like somebody who, like I started in a dark room and, and watching Prince, you know, process. Mm-hmm. It it kind of bums me out a little bit. Uh, but I th- just sort of think it kind of has cheapened things a little bit and it's really shortened our attention span. And my attention span is short as it is. <laughs> so like I, I would like to get to a point where people are really stopping and critically looking at pictures again. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But right now, it's, you know, Instagram is kind of the king of the day, so we kind of just have to suck it up and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully some developer out there is working on something cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, please. Like, please, somebody <laughs> make, somebody. Some, make something new. What's, what is something that you wish you knew before you got started? Oh, man. Um, don't spend a ton of money on gear. Like, honestly, that was, I kind of was like, I fell in that sort of pit of like oh i need this i need that and you don't need anything like if you've got a camera if you focus on like telling a story and creating something like a moment and an image that means something like the the lighting and the gear like i like tech stuff because i'm kind of a nerd but it's it's second to like telling a good story and and creating a good moment and like you can have the greatest lighting in the world but if the content is dull, it's like you're limited there. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I wish I would have figured out a lot sooner because I could have prioritized mm-hmm. like putting money into like producing a cool shoot instead of putting money into that's something shiny and new and I want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that for me was like a challenge in the beginning. It's just like I th- it seemed really expensive but and it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Like that's I mean it, LA is expensive, New York is expensive, Miami is expensive, and if you want to shoot fashion, you're probably going to end up in one of those places. Spend your money on like living and like putting money into shoots as opposed to like I want a two thousand dollar lens or like yeah. I need pro photo lights. You know, eventually you can you know sure like work up to that, but you don't need it when you're first starting. Just like do something cool and original and tell tell a story. Yeah, storytelling is a lot more difficult than going out and buying a Mark IV. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like (laughs) Amazon, like you can have a Mark IV tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but like to come up with an interesting, you know, story or spend that time like or I mean, even if you want to spend money, like, you know, find a cool location, you know, like rent an Airbnb. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Or or like go someplace interesting, take a trip with a model like Mm -hmm. that's. If you want to spend money, that's like money better spent, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. What's been your uh, experience with the resurgence of uh, film? I I love shooting film. I like I said before, that's kind of where I got my start, and you know, kind of got away from it because digital is super convenient. But uh, you know, at the the top level of the industry, you know, like that top one percent, it's like film never went away. But for most of us who are kind of grinding it out and like haven't established ourselves yet, digital is a more practical means to learn and things like that. But in the past, I guess, probably a couple of years, there seems to be like a huge resurgence of film. And even like, I, I bought a film camera maybe three years ago and just kind of like started shooting some, 
like I would do a test shoot and I might shoot like 10 mm-hmm. frames mm-hmm. On, on my film camera just really for fun. Um, but then I kind of started to get really serious about shooting it again uh, probably like a year ago. And now like on pretty much every shoot I do, whether it's a job or a test, I'll shoot at least a couple, a roll or two just, just to have it because I think it's like I said before, like it's a lot about I think there's kind of a an emphasis on story and moments and things like that and film just aesthetically like like it just looks good it really lends itself mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. uh, you know people are shying away from retouching now mm-hmm. and and like it, shooting film is kind of a, a cool way to force yourself and to commit to that mm-hmm. I mean like you can still retouch film but it's definitely more of a pain in the ass yeah mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and so like I, I personally started shooting a lot of film and kind of really got a film bug and I've been you know I've been shooting a ton of it like the stuff that I shoot for work is still probably 99% digital but all of my almost all of my personal shoots for the last god like six months or so have been probably the opposite of that like 90% film and like 10% digital wow Uh, this is fun like there's not I like seeing something tangible you know and, and getting that negative and like I started developing film in my kitchen and that was just like Oh man, I felt like I was in college again <laughs> in the dark room, and yep. it, was, it like really re-inspired me to like get out and shoot more. Uh, which I think sometimes, you know, even if you're not trying to be like some kind of purist or anything like that, because I'm totally not. I still like digital. Um, just changing things up is mm-hmm. like a good way to get re-inspired, and I think a lot of people are kind of rediscovering that. Yeah, you know, like there's some of my friends who shoot are shooting a ton of film, and like I just think it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it definitely has an aesthetic, and like yeah. people spend tons of money to try and make digital look like film. Yeah, just shoot film. Yep. <laughs> you know, like you don't need a a preset or you know a, or a capture one style. Mm-hmm. Just just go shoot a roll of film, and if it if it works, it's gonna look awesome, mm-hmm. like pretty much. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then oh well, you know, it's a it's a mystery. It's mm-hmm. it's like getting a little surprise back when you get the film back. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, and oh. I like that. I shot that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh wow, this is like it just feels more real to me mm-hmm. personally. It's like, so are you shooting black and white then, since you're doing it in your kitchen, or do you uh, no, have you I'm actually full color? like I'm doing it backwards. I'm not developing any of my black and white stuff. I'm only developing color oh. in my kitchen. Oh. Um, which so like, you went the easy route, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like because I like to have to monitor the temperature constantly. <laughs> Like, that sounds like something right up my alley. It's super meticulous. Uh, but really, it's like, it's not as hard as I ever would have thought it was. I watched a YouTube video, and then I was like, all right, I can do this. And it's, you know, spend an hour of mm-hmm. your afternoon, develop a, two rolls at a time, and mm-hmm. it's kind of therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you screw it up, that's kind of the scary part. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, man, I, I spent all this time shooting this. Hopefully, I don't mess up developing it. Uh, yep. Knock on wood, so far, so good. But I'm sure it'll happen. So what um, film stocks are you shooting? Um, so people, like, almost everybody I know is, like, a portrait fanboy. I'm a Kodak Gold 200 oh, person. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. on one hand, it's super cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got really rich colors. It's got, like, yep. a nice grain structure. But the big thing is that it's super cheap. Mm-hmm. It costs, like, half of what Portra or Ektar or, mm-hmm. or any of the other, you know, higher-end, quote-unquote, higher-end mm-hmm. film stocks cost. And I like to shoot outside, so, like, mm-hmm. 200 is a good like easy film speed to work with mm-hmm. and if i'm doing a job where i'm shooting you know digital simultaneously i can just set my you know set both cameras to the same settings and at least i know 
right offhand that I'm getting a, a good exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got pretty pretty forgiving latitude too, so I don't have to be super good at what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that little security blanket, like, oh, this is you know, half a stop overexposed. I'm not ruining it or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy how much latitude some of the film stocks have. Yeah. Yeah. And then some of them it's like none. And then none, yeah. yeah. Like I, I've s- messed up Ektar. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> like, plus like Ektar you get super red looking people. Uh-huh. Um, I've messed up a lot of slide film, mm-hmm. which is sucks because it's really expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But kinda like I'm start trying to start shooting more slide film. And I just shot I just got back from Moab and I've I shot like I think three rolls of medium format slide film. Mm. Which we'll see how that looks. Was it um, Velvia? Uh, Provia. Provia. Yeah, yeah. Yep. one of the one of the Fuji ones. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so we'll s- we'll see what it looks like when when I get that back. I'm sure it'll have like super rich color. I hope so. Right? It's like Utah. It's like there's so mm-hmm. much like it's such a colorful place, and we're getting these like epic sunrises and epic sunsets. So mm-hmm. hopefully I didn't screw up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Do you develop the slide film yourself no. too? Oh, okay, no. I was gonna say that's like I'm I'm not that smart. <laughs> not a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have, I have my limits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, s- I send that out just because I don't know how to do it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure I probably can figure it out, but I'd rather just send it out. And I, since I don't shoot that much of it, I don't really want to invest in all the right. chemicals and time and screwing up <laughs> expensive film that I shot. Yeah. So is it mostly medium format you're shooting in film? Or um, are you shooting 35? I would say it's like 50 50. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got like a Canon 35 and then a Fuji medium format. Um, it's like a GA645, so it's kind of like sort of a rangefinder, but sort of autofocus. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I kind of say that it's like a, a medium format version of like a Contax G1, oh, okay. but without interchangeable lenses. Okay. It's, it's oh, okay. It's like a 30, roughly equates to like a 35 to 50 millimeter, mm-hmm. like in 35 millimeter, uh, but it's like part of the camera. It's like a, basically a giant like point and shoot. Like a yeah. brick. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it looks cool. That's really why I bought it, because <laughs> it looks cool, and I was like, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't suck, and it actually takes great pictures. It's got like good did glass. I, did I miss the frame size? You what said six four five. Six yeah, four five. Okay. Five. Yeah, and it's Sorry. it's been a fun camera. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's probably like my favorite camera that I have right now. That's cool. <laughs> film is fun. Shoot yeah, film. No, it's so fun and scary. Yeah. yeah, but then I also shoot like uh, I always carry. I think it's over there, like a point and shoot thirty five millimeter that I always oh, keep yeah. a roll of Triax in, and I kind of call that like my. My like my behind the scenes, my personal life diary, yeah, Ugh. pictures of friends, mm-hmm. like whatever stuff like that, and I I pretty much have that with me all the time, mm-hmm. just because you never know when something funny is gonna happen. Oh yeah, that needs documenting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Triax is so nice. Yeah, it's classic. Like, it yeah. just looks good. Probably my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> like as far as black and white goes, mm-hmm. like it's just, it just it looks beautiful. so good. Yeah, and I think it like it lends itself really well to like everyday life, and because it feels real real mm-hmm. yeah what does fashion photography mean to you i think in a nutshell it's kind of where art meet com- art meets commerce um yeah. you know ultimately we're trying to sell a product mm-hmm. but trying to do it the most creative way possible mm-hmm. and sometimes it can be super rudimentary like e-commerce is super straightforward mm-hmm. uh, not that fun <laughs> but it can also be super creative and and really cool and a lot of fun um so ultimately, I think that's that's kind of where the niche that fashion falls into, is trying to use something creative to ultimately sell a product. But at the end of the day, it's like telling a story with clothes mm-hmm. um, is kind of the the end goal. You know, like tell a cool story, utilizing the the medium of fashion 
which is you know it's a you know trillion dollar market and it, you know it's a huge economy so it like it kind of doesn't matter but at the same time it really matters uh, which I think is cool mm-hmm. uh, it's but it, yeah it's just like a lot of people sort of lose sight of that you know yeah. you're selling clothes part mm-hmm. uh, you kind of have to Kind of have to maintain that to some degree. <laughs> what, <laughs> what do they do? Just like too big of egos, or they're just more portrait? Like they're just too portrait? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like sometimes people can go the way of like being too portraity or too glammy. Um, but you know, depending on what kind of what type of fashion you're into, like you just sort of have to keep always have that in mind. Like, do, are there clothes here? Do they look good? Mm-hmm. You know, is this something commercially viable? And if you want to be successful as a commercial photographer you have to be able to like execute your vision but also cater to you know what who your client is and what they want to sell because mm-hmm. like having a great picture is is awesome but if it's not going to sell their product they're ultimately not going to be happy with it and you kind of have to like the one of the biggest challenges is finding that happy medium where like you're being true to yourself as an artist uh, if you want to call yourself that um, but also being kind of a technician and executing a commercial vision. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds. I think so. Mm-hmm. At times. At times. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, how do you feel when it gets way too commercial? Does that bother you? It does. Um, yeah, and it, it inevitably happens to everybody. You're going to have like that job where it's like, we hired you because we like what you do, but we're going to ask you to do the most basic stuff that you've ever done in your life. And it's a drag but it's just part of it. You know, if you're working freelance, you just have to, you know, keep it in your mind, like, A, I need this money, so Mm -hmm. just do it. And B, like, there's always going to be an opportunity to shoot something else that you think is better tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of have to, to some degree, you just kind of got to suck it up. Like, because it, you know, it is what the industry that we work in and the client that's paying the bills is kind of like what they want. I, I personally think it's best to sort of, teach your clients, you know, like a better, like uh, this could look better and still accomplish your goal. Oh, yeah. Um, which is hard for some people, you know, you, you put a, a lot of yourself and you kind of develop some degree of ego no matter who you are. But you kind of have to be a little political about it. Mm-hmm. But it does happen. You know, you're going to have that. Eventually you're going to have a job where you're like, I'm not into this. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Get it done. Get it done. A bad day of shooting fashion is better than any day in a cubicle. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> What's something you could tell an aspiring fashion photographer? Someone coming up in the world. Or wanting to come up in the world, I guess. There's probably two things that I, I think are really important. Uh, the first thing that I would tell them is if you can, assist. Like, if you look at a lot of today's top photographers, they used to be yesterday's top photographers' assistants. If I could go back and move to New York when I was right out of high school or or something like that and just like grind it out as an assistant, A, I would probably be a lot more talented than I am now, and B, I would probably be a lot further along in my career and would have had experiences that you just can't get elsewhere. Um, if that's a viable option for any of you guys out there, like just do it. Like Take the risk, take the leap of faith, go out and, you know, try and become Steven Meisel's assistant. Like, mm-hmm. you will learn so much uh, that way that you're just never going to learn anywhere else. Uh, and the second thing that I would tell people is have something that you want to say. Um, and it's something that I, like, I completely lost in myself uh, that I've been kind of trying to, like, rediscover. It's just, like, 
have a viewpoint. Like, try and tell something. You know, say something with what your images are. If you want to convey, like, you know, a romantic image, then go all in with that. If you want to, you know, if you really like youthful energy, like, have that be your thing and, and just, you know, own it. You know, don't try and do a little bit of everything. Just, like, find your voice and stick to it because it's going to feel more, your images are going to feel more genuine. People will, like, buy into it better than if you're just trying to cater to what seems like it's going to be popular at the moment and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you feel like you found yourself again and what you want to say again in your images? Uh, I think I'm finding it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fully commit to that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, I kind of got lost in the, like, I got to, like, I have to keep a roof over my head and mm-hmm. I need to make money and, and things like that. And and that's fine because, like, we all have to, you know, pay our bills and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you want to, sh- you know, if you want to shoot personal work or, or editorial content, you need to have something that you're trying to say and ha- to have a viewpoint. And, and I think I've kind of like rediscovered it. And, you know, part of the, the, the commercial work that I'm doing now helped me figure that out. And the people that I'm surrounded by kind of mm-hmm. ha- have helped me find that again. And so I'm sort of in the process right now of throwing out almost everything that I've shot over the last few years and trying to reshoot everything, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're if you just are doing the same thing all the time, you're not progressing anyway. So, mm-hmm. kind of have to take a little bit of that fear and just use it as energy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see what happens over the next like six months or so. Mm-hmm. Where do you see that going? If like even maybe not necessarily six months, but even further down the line, do you have a vision at all? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I, I have some ideas of what I would like to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd like to reshoot my book with a more consistent aesthetic and, and voice, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like it's like using these artsy terms. Like I'm not an artsy person, but you really do kind of have to like, you know, try and find what you're all about. And, and I'm trying to kind of rebrand mm-hmm. and, and do a little bit of reimagining of what I want my work to be and what I want my look to look like. Mm-hmm and stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, I'll get there and can start to sort of find clients that fall in line with that and, mm-hmm. you know. Pay you see, all the money. Pay me all the money. <laughs> pay me your, give me your money, please. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. Sponsorships. You know, right, yeah, yeah. Hashtag sponsor me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that's, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You know, I, I don't like, I don't want to put a time frame on it, but, uh, you know, I'd like to get a good chunk of my book reshot in the next like six months or so and mm-hmm. start to kind of focus on doing things that I want to do again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Can I take it back to the assistants? Yeah, of course. Um, what's it take for someone to be your assistant? Like what's, what's that? What can you tell a person that wants to be an assistant? What do they need to become um, an assistant? What do you need from an assistant? I need from an assistant. I need somebody who's first and foremost, easy to be around and easy to work with like just be fun and personable nobody wants to be on set for eight hours with like somebody who's in a bad mood or something like that that sucks like you get enough variables that you can't control on a shoot you don't want to have like the one person that you're bringing with you be a downer Mm -hmm. um so that's like first and foremost and second is you just kind of have to you got to be somebody who's willing to hustle a bit Mm -hmm. assisting is hard work physically Mm -hmm. um 
and it sort of takes time to develop a relationship with the photographer that you're assisting. And if, over time, you'll kind of start to anticipate what they're going to need or what they're going to want or what they like. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I wouldn't ever expect that from an assistant on the first day. But at, at the bare minimum, just be cool and, and be willing to, you know, grind it out and do some work because mm -hmm. it's, it's hard work. But uh, I, I definitely think there's a lot of value in assisting. You know, not like I'm, I'm not, you know, somebody who's super mated in the industry or anything like that. But, you know, I, I try to teach my, my assistants as much as I can and help them out as much as they, I can with whatever it is that they want to do. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, there's always a give and take. Mm -hmm. So if you're willing to put out some work to help me out, you know, I'm going to be willing to do whatever I can to help you out. Yeah. Is there a certain skill base or skill set that they should have before they even <laughs> approach? Um, not necessarily, you know, like a, a basic understanding of m just general group equipment and things like that is fine. You know, I don't, I don't tend to do a ton of like super complicated lighting setups or anything like that. Like if you can figure out how to put together an eight by eight, you know, scrim and throw up some light stands and some schlep some sandbags around, you're probably going <laughs> to be fine. And if not, like if there is something more technical, super technical comes up. I would probably just hire a first assistant who's really experienced mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then that person would kind of fall into, you know, more of just like a, you know, just general assistant, like help putting things together mm -hmm. and moving stuff around. Um, and hopefully like learn a few things along the way. Like yeah. the l little bit of time that I spent assisting, I learned quite a bit mm -hmm. um, and I wish I would have done a lot more of it mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. yeah. You also have to like check your ego at the door, which when I kind of started assisting, I had already been shooting for a while. And that was really hard for me. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't like the way this person should be. I feel like I could do this better. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't That's don't be that guy. Like, or <laughs> if you if you feel like that, just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, hopefully you get to that point where you know maybe you surpass the photographer that you started assisting. Um, and if not, then hopefully you just you know remain friends. Like some of my like one of my best friends in the industry is a dude who I I first assisted, and. You know, he will always, for the probably for the rest of my life, be a, a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. and somebody that I will, you know, I'll go to him for advice. He'll come to me for advice, and and that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. You just got back from a trip to Moab, it's and true. you've got some pretty fun stories from shooting on location for how long? Uh, we were there for four and a half days total. It was like two two full days of shoot, like one full day of shooting. We started and then like two half days. They were like, a half day is like a full day, mm. and a full day is like a day and a half. <laughs> so it was it was a, a long shoot. It's like 100 degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, Moab is super hot, and there's no shade because nothing grows there. Mm -hmm. It's just like dirt and cliffs, basically. <laughs> um, but I, I have a actually a full time in house shooting job, uh, which not a lot you know a lot of people in this industry go the freelance route. Mm -hmm. um, this is relatively recent for me, just within the last three months that I started working with this company. But our niche market is kind of Western fashion and also like denim and workwear and things like that. Uh, so we do a lot of shoots where we'll take a combination of models and then real working cowboys mm -hmm. to a cool location and shoot interesting things. And uh, so this week we happen to be shooting in Moab and uh, we were shooting a cowboy riding a bucking horse, <laughs> which... Like, I've been to rodeos before because I grew up in Colorado, and mm -hmm. that's a thing there. Uh, but I had never been, like, from me to you to, like, <laughs> horse action. <laughs> and uh, so they're like, all right, we're going to shoot this bucking horse. So you got to stand outside the fence. And I'm like, okay, cool, wooden fence. I'm safe. I'm just going to get right up against the fence, and yeah. I'm going to shoot whatever happens. So <laughs> like, 
these horses are super powerful. And the horse bucked the rider off within like the first three seconds because it was pissed and started careening around the arena and decided it wanted to find its way out. And that was like by breaking through the fence right next to my face. Oh. <laughs> like, probably, eh, maybe not right next, but like five <laughs> feet from where I was standing, the mm-hmm. horse literally rammed its head through the fence, mm-hmm. which was like scary. I was like, oh my God, is that horse okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, like I almost just died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely an afterthought. And it was just like, you know, and you probably know, since you come from a photojournalism background, you kind of develop this idea that your camera's a bit of a shield. Yep. And it sort of desensitizes you to what's going on in front of you. So true. And everybody was like, why didn't you move? I was like, because like, it looked cool. It looked, like, yeah. I'm sure the pictures, the ones that are in focus are going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just like literally like trying to ram through the fence right by where I was standing. It was... <laughs> In hindsight, I was like, wow, that was a little sketchy. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, I was like, I hope this is in focus. I hope this is in focus. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, But yeah, so we shooting models and cowboys out Mm -hmm. in the desert. And then about a month before that, we were shooting models and cowboys in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of traveling Mm -hmm. and stuff like that for for this job. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's been fun. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work, though. Yeah, that's a long... When your regular full day is 15, 16 hours, that's a lot. Yeah, like... 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. or sometimes even like 4 a.m. call times and then finishing at like 9, 9 at night. Like, and then you, you're in the middle of nowhere, so then you got to drive an hour back to civilization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start to feel like a zombie after a while. Yeah. And then it's like, you don't get to just pass out because A, you're gross, you want to take a shower. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, I got to shoot again tomorrow, so I got to like dump cars, yeah. charge batteries. Like, yeah. You know. It's uh, it's definitely intense, mm-hmm. and uh, like on this particular shoot, we we went ran with a bit of a skeleton crew, so it was like mm-hmm. two photographers, mm-hmm. and we were switching back and forth between shooting and mm-hmm. you know assisting and things like that, and it was nonstop. Mm-hmm. But we got some cool stuff. E- and how often are you guys doing that? Uh, we travel and do location shoots probably every couple weeks mm-hmm. or so. Um, and then since we're full time with this company, uh, the rest of the time we're shooting like e-commerce mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So we do all of all the e-com like twice a week, generally, mm-hmm. like when we're in the office. Mm-hmm. And then it's you know editing mm-hmm. and post work and stuff like that the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is the first time I've ever had like an in-house shooting job, mm-hmm. which was like a weird change of pace. Uh, but it's been pretty cool so far. You know, there's pros and cons on both sides of the fence between mm-hmm. freelance and in-house and stuff like that. But for now, it works. It's fun. Yeah, no, that sounds super exciting. Yeah. And with having, because we're dual shooters, mm-hmm. what was it like shooting? Uh, were you guys shooting at the same time or shooting different things? Or Depends. Uh, we kind of, because we try and pack as much content into these trips as we, as we possibly can, mm-hmm. um, it varies. Like if we're shooting like the action type stuff, like the cowboy stuff, yeah. we'll just like, all right, you take a wide lens mm-hmm. and I'll take a long lens and yep. then we kind of get like a dual coverage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then when we're shooting the more, you know, f- quote unquote fashiony stuff with the models and things like that. We'll kind of be like, we'll take sometimes four or five models. And so it's like, all right, we're going to do like a few hero shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll break into like smaller groups that way, just because we have so much product to mm-hmm. shoot and stuff like that. So like, I'll go off and shoot something over there and then mm-hmm. they'll go off and shoot something else over there. We kind of mix it up. So we're, we're all kind of shooting a lot mm-hmm. and then but we're all also like helping each other which is cool um so i don't like i don't know how you guys do it like the <laughs> the dual role is tough like it can be 
I think uh, it's almost like what you said. Like, if we are tight, especially, that's the power of it. I'll take a wide. He'll Mm. take a long or mid or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we can really just jam out really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a great benefit for the client. And separate angles, too. And separate angles. So they get a bunch all at once. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think there's a power, like a good power to that. And um, but then also on the other side, maybe we went butt heads here and there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, no, not <laughs> all the time. <laughs> We're constantly fighting. <laughs> Hopefully not. No, it's it's actually it's very cohesive. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I feel like our team, like because we were all friends before we joined this company. Mm-hmm. Um, like we communicate pretty well together, and we all it's it's a very collaborative thing, which is. Yeah. Like I've I've always been used to just it's been my way or the highway because mm-hmm. you know living the freelance life as a solo shooter at mm-hmm. least you kind of you just do things how you want to uh, mm-hmm. so I think it's it's cool to learn you know a new skill set and wor- working in fashion is such a, a people based you know interaction based thing that it's a good skill set to have mm-hmm. so it's, it's good to be able to collaborate with the people that you work with and like we've got a, a great creative director who is she's very you know she's got a great vision. So we get to kind of focus on like executing it mm-hmm. and you know working together to do what we can to like you know just make cool pictures yeah you know with the content that we're doing. Yeah, a great creative director really saves the day. Yeah, <laughs> huge. That definitely helps. Yeah. Or makes it really bad. It can. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I've worked with some creative directors in the past where I'm like, you don't even know what you want. No, and they don't. And, and <laughs> sometimes you have to be as your as a photographer like. Sometimes your job is to show people what they want or show people that what they want is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like so I, I've, I've kind of developed this like tactic where, I, where I'll like pull them aside and be like, look, I'm going to shoot it this way, the way that you want. And then I'll shoot it my way. And then we can see which one you like better. And nine times out of 10, they'll ultimately end up using what I, what I shot, yeah. that I, mm-hmm. you know, where I shot it the way I wanted to. Just because they're, you know, they're idea people and we're more like visual execution people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just don't know, they don't understand the medium or the technology. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you kind of have to like guide them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a really experienced creative director will know what they can get away with and know what's possible and what's not. Mm-hmm. And like a brand new straight out of school kind of creative director, you know, for maybe like a smaller brand is they're going to have these huge grand ideas with no concept of how to execute them. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to like okay, this is your goals, and this is reality. Mm-hmm. Well, the horse was a pretty crazy story, but have you mm. had any other crazy stories? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Actually, speaking of assisting, <laughs> if Bogdan watches this, he's going to laugh his ass off. When I was assisting, we were doing a shoot in Miami, and he's like predominantly shoots swimwear, and I'm like waist deep in water mm-hmm. with like a head on a you know stand, like holding it to keep it from the light from falling into oh, the water. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I just saw something move past me. And oh, he no. was like, ah, oh, it was probably nothing. He was like, no, seriously, like, I think I just saw a shark go by. And he's like, nah, I'm pretty sure it was a dolphin. And he looks at the model and is like, it's a shark. <laughs> and I had no clue because, like, I was looking this way and he's, like, looking the other way. And I'm just like, please don't get bit by a shark right now. And it was. It was a shark. <laughs> like, as soon as I got out of the water, they were both like, yeah, that was totally a shark. Like, you guys suck. <laughs> Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> that was that was like a, a fun assisting moment. And then you know I've had I've had a lot of fun shoots. Uh, like I like to shoot on location, mm-hmm. so it's like always a bit of an adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, just go out to the desert and you know wander around 
mm-hmm. you know, do like do don't I've done like donuts in the sand to like create dust mm-hmm. and things like that in my car. Mm-hmm. It's just always a bit of an adventure shooting on location. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you just like it's just as much about having fun for me. Like the process and the, the moments like creating the images mm-hmm. sometimes to me are like more fun than the actual results mm-hmm. yeah. which i don't know if that's how things are supposed to be <laughs> but i just like ha- you know being on set with people and having a good time and stuff like that but yeah it's always a you know you never know what you're gonna get mm-hmm. sharks and horses Sh- yeah it's always animals apparently yeah, <laughs> i was just thinking that there's, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a trend like, going on here i always like it's funny i always joke around when i'm like getting to know a new model i'm like all right so just fyi at some point in the shoot i'm gonna get injured because it always <laughs> happens like horse tries to kill me shark tries to eat me like i've there was that know. squirrel at griffith park oh god <laughs> that squirrel like literally just ripped me to shreds um you know i remember when i you know i mentioned the warehouse that i lived in for a while we had this huge wooden table i was like it's got great texture i'm gonna shoot somebody laying on it but it was, you know, it's a table. Mm-hmm. And if I want to shoot somebody, shoot down on it, I've got to be really high. So I wound up putting a ladder on top of the table. Oh. <laughs> and uh, our, our landlord came around the corner, and I'm like 20 feet in the air on a ladder on top of the table. And mm-hmm. he's just like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, this is not smart. And I'm like, hey, but it's going to be a cool picture. So yeah. if I fall, hopefully it'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the camera up. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I die, break the fall. Exactly. If I die, just make sure you post it on Instagram and tag, and tag me in it. That way, that way I still get some followers post-mortem. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always like, you feel like you kind of have to do something sketchy sometimes mm-hmm. if you want to get something cool. And I'm, I'm all about taking a little <laughs> risk here and there. Thanks for joining us on Photo Work. Coming up on the second half of our interview with Danny Pennington, he shares his tips on how to deal with difficult creative directors and how to move on from shooting new face models. So we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Photo Work. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. And what else? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend.